0: I want, to, I want you to understand something very clearly. Uh, when someone asks you in this country, are you a citizen of the United States, what you think that they are asking you is, are you lawfully in this country? Are you lawfully here to do business and be here? That's not what they ask you. The country is called America. America is the name of the country. But in the 1860s, late 1860s, a group of men got together and incorporated a privately owned company. Anyone can incorporate a privately owned company, and a group of men did. They incorporated a company, privately owned, and they called the company the United States Company Corporation. And according to corporate law, And anyone who has a corporation or business knows that according to corporate law, all corporations must have a president. That's the law. And it must have a vice president. And it must have a secretary of treasurer. That's corporate law. So the corporation had to have a president and a vice president. Today, when you see uh, once a year year at the uh, State of the Union, when you see the president come out and the Speaker of the House says, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Everybody in this country thinks he's the President of America. America doesn't have a President. This is a corporate term used in business. The United States Corporation is a privately owned company. It's privately owned. And it's a 10-mile square that it operates in called the District of Columbia. Colombia simply means universal. This is what Catholic means, universal. When you start tracing back the ownership of the corporation called United States, privately owned company, then you begin to see that if you say that you are a citizen of the United States, what you're saying lawfully is that you are an employee of a foreign corporation, on the international maritime law, you are an employee of a privately owned company. Therefore, if you are living in any state, such as California, and you're making money here, then what you are doing, quite literally, is moonlighting, because you are already working for and are an employee of a privately owned company called United States Corporation. But you are earning money in California. Therefore, you are a franchisee of a foreign corporation under maritime law. You're a franchisee. It's like opening up a McDonald's here. You can open up a McDonald's, but you're not the boss of McDonald's. The McDonald's Corporation is the boss. They tell you what you can sell and what you can't sell and how much it's going to be, and they call the shots. You can merely be a franchisee uh, operating under their jurisdiction. So consequently, each one of us who call ourselves a uh, citizen of the United States is in point of fact a franchisee of a foreign corporation, and once a year you have to pay what is referred to as a California Franchise Tax Board because you're a franchisee of a foreign corporation under international law. Let me explain something to you. There are two kinds of law on the earth, basically two kinds of law, uh, Roman civil law and maritime admiralty. Roman civil law comes from the word civil or civili in Latin meaning the people of the illies. the people of the illies are the people of God, civili. And the civil law is referred to as the law of the land. But there is a higher law that governs the whole earth. There's a higher law that operates on the earth, and it has nothing to do with the civil law of any country, because civil laws are different in every country. You can do things in Africa you can't do in Spain. You, know, you can do things here in America you can't do in France, because the people's law, the law of the land, is different according to the culture. But when you talk about the maritime admiralty law, what you're talking about is the law of water, the law of banks. Banking law is called maritime admiralty. And consequently, this is why, incidentally, the Statue of Liberty could not be put on land in this country. It had to be put in a port. It had to be put in water. Why? Because it's not the Statue of Freedom. It's the Statue of Liberty liberty is what a sailor gets when you pull into port because the admiral gives the captain on the board the ship ownership of your body you ask permission to leave and if he lets you which he's most likely not going to but if he allows you to leave you have liberty you don't have freedom and as long as you call yourself a united states citizen you are an employee of a foreign corporation incorporated Under international law, under maritime law, and consequently you are a franchisee of a foreign corporation, they own you. Now, let me show you how they own you. When a ship pulls into port, say, from Japan and uh, brings in, say, $800 million worth of Toyotas or televisions, the first thing the captain has to do is fill out a – has to give to the port authorities – something called a certificate of manifest. It has to give them a certificate showing how much each car costs, whether it has four doors or two or if it's got air conditioning or not. Every car has to have a certificate of manifest showing exactly what are you bringing into this country, how much is it going to cost our banks, how much are we going to have to pay Japan for this. And so it's business. that comes in on water. It's maritime admiralty, banking law. And so, therefore, each item has to have a certificate of manifest. And the ship, when it pulls into port, parks at the dock. And wherever it parks is called the birthing of a ship. The ship sits in its berth. (coughs) When you were born, your mother, her water broke. And when your mother's water broke, you came out, and therefore you are a maritime admiralty product. Under international law, you are a product. Under international maritime banking law, you are a product. Because you came out of your mother's water. And therefore, you have to have a birth certificate. And the birth certificate has to be signed by the dock. Okay? (laughs) And consequently... Yeah. And consequently... um, If you go to Sears and you buy something that's too large to take home, they'll bring it to you. And so they will tell you what time they're going to deliver the product. That's why your mother was in a delivery room. She was delivering a product on the international law. Now, when you get the birth certificate, that is a certificate, a maritime admiralty certificate, that shows you are a human resource, and the corporation called United States went to your mother and asked her, would you donate this body to us as, as a collateral for a loan? Because each birth certificate is worth, when it first started in 1933, I am told it was like $630,000 per birth certificate on the international uh, exchange. And your birth certificate today is on the stock market. And look on the back of your social security card and you'll see numbers in red. Anytime you see red numbers, they represent your blood. You turn it on the other side and you'll see it in blue. Blue is Maritime Admiralty, the navy blue. And so consequently, you are a product that was bought. And on the birth certificate down on the bottom right where your mother signed, it doesn't say mother or parent. It says informant. Because your mother was informing on you on the maritime law. She was telling the corporation, I got a new chump here for you to own. And I don't know if you know this or not. So here's his paperwork. And it was sent to Washington, D.C. They took that birth certificate. And what happened, and let me go back and explain that when, in 1860s, when this privately owned company was incorporated called United States, like any other corporation that grows too fast, it started getting out of bounds. It started becoming very successful, and they wanted to move out overseas. I'm being very uh, simplistic with this. There's a lot more to it, but I'm giving you the basics. But when the corporation called United States uh, was founded back in the 1860s, it wanted to move overseas in, uh, at the first of the turn of the century, in the 19th century, uh, the 20th century. And so it started moving into Europe. To uh, as a hostile takeover they called it World War I World War I was one large corporation called United States uh, trying to take over other major corporations in the world like Germany uh, France etc each one of these co- uh, countries are a corporation so consequently the United States was able to Uh, be successful in the corporate takeover of uh, what the outcome of the world war won but in the process they lost so much money the corporation spent so much money arming and making tanks and bullets and tanks to kill people that they, they won the hostile takeover of a foreign corporation but now they're broke consequently they are really in serious trouble now because they don't have money to feed the people at home in the corporation and now they've taken on new corporations in Europe to be responsible for. So the United States corporation was in very big trouble, went to Europe and asked the international bankers if they could borrow money. And the international bankers said quite simply, no, you're bankrupt. So what have you got as collateral for uh, for a loan? And they came up with the idea that your birth certificate would be worth something like $630,000 because the bankers said, how much can an individual in your country working for your corporation make from the day is born to the day he dies on an average? And it came out to about 630, 630000 So consequently, the bankers made a deal with the corporation called United States to credit the United States corporation account in Europe with $630,000 per uh, birth certificate. And this is why today uh, this uh, United States corporation doesn't care about how many people come into this country illegally or unlawfully. They don't care about that. They open up the borders and let them pour in. Why? Because every single person coming across that border is at least a million dollars now in our bank account. And so that's why we want something called, we don't want undocumented workers. We don't care about people who are illegal coming into the country. We don't want undocumented because with the documents, you can cash that in. You take the, uh, and get that money from the international banks. So consequently, the United States Corporation owns you.
1: Welcome to another episode of School of Thought. This is your host, at Drew Sample on Twitter or just Drew Sample. On this episode, i had the pleasure of being invited on by my friend Will from Will and Jay Save the Universe. We kind of did a co-promotion podcast. His episode actually came out first. Um, it's going to be a little bit different than mine because him and Jay are doing their own thing. And then they're going to release another episode. So it's always like a two-part episode. Um, with Freeman Burt, you know, I just want to say thank you again. Uh, for him being on, uh, you guys should go ahead and check out his website at it's onlyfreemen.dot.wordpress.press.dot.com. Um, his YouTube page is Do Not Consent eighty three um, on YouTube, and go ahead and go on uh, Amazon and buy his books. The first one is called Arms Not Firearms, um, and the other one is Cannabis Sativa L is not illegal. So check out both those books and buy them. Um, thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy this episode.
2: Yes, I'm talking about a nonviolent revolution of consciousness. A consciousness that is able to understand how we're all inextricably connected to each other on this earth and to the earth itself. And that if we violate those fundamental principles, we do so at our own peril. Yes, we can continue to live in this delusion and the denials of reality because it's painful. It's frightening. Sometimes it's terrifying. It's terrifying to face the truth. So I ask each of you to search your hearts as to what your truth is for being a citizen of the earth promoting justice as a foundation for peace. It's not going to happen magically, and I think it's not going to happen by relying on these political structures and institutions. I think we're going to have to wage peace in the most... Extraordinary ways, whether our government wants it or not. You will know in your heart what to do, but I know that without a nonviolent revolution of consciousness, we will not survive as a civilization or as a planet. We can choose to have peace if we want to pay the price. And what more glorious goal and value? do we want than peace for all people? And so I look forward to working together with you all, with we the people, to build a new society. A society that understands that we are not worth more and they are not worth less. And that we will be willing to pay the price and take the risks to wage peace with all fellow and sister human beings.
3: This is actually the first episode back of the new format for uh, Will and Jay Save the
4: Universe. And uh, we have exactly one half of the Sample Brothers here today. Drew Sample, how are how you guys here?
1: doing? I'm doing very well.
4: Uh, good, good. And we also have with us Freeman Bert. How are you?
3: Well, hi there, folks. Thanks for having me.
4: Well, thanks for, your, uh, thanks for being here. A little quiet. Um, So we had spoke about you in our last episode and uh, talking about holding the police accountable in certain situations and how that, and well, that can actually apply to almost any corporation. But uh, I wanted to tell people before they could actually even conceive about doing that, they have to hold themselves accountable and actually understand the system that we're in. And, uh, you know, if, uh, People don't really get that. Think of it like, uh, you know, magicians. You know, magicians' magic is only magic if you don't know the trick. If you know the trick, then you can't be fooled by it. And I it, it kind of related to that, you know, this whole Freeman
3: Law movement. Yeah, that's a great uh, analogy because if people could actually see behind the curtain, I mean, they would be able to go through all the chain um, reaction of emotions that I, I went through as I was um, – learning all of this, I mean, literally like crying in front of the computer, because I just couldn't couldn't believe that it was that much of a, per, a, a, a per, false that's just theme,
4: Absolutely huh? pervasive in almost everything.
3: Yeah, it is. And um, the, of course, the more you get into it and the more you, you learn it, the more you come to realize that there is, in fact, no need for us to either be emotional or or anything along those lines about it, because it is what it is. And the truth is that it doesn't apply to any of us, that unless we're acting as uh, federal agents or United States officers, and then, of course, the burden for them to prove that we are, in fact, occupying that office falls on them, not on us.
4: Right, let's uh, let's get into that a little bit. I uh, wanted to uh, really impart to people the idea of the straw man. Um, Drew and I were talking a little bit uh, before we started recording. Recording, and uh, you know, we think a lot of people have heard of straw people as as it pertains to arguments and making a false argument and then trying to back it up. But I don't think a lot of people are aware that straw man exists almost everywhere. And uh, we, in fact, are our own straw men. And uh, maybe you could explain that a little bit. What I mean
3: by that? Yes, and actually, I'm. Um, I've been discussing a little bit of that with Clint. You know, Clint Richardson. Yeah. And um, uh, I guess he's almost finished putting together a another blog he's doing about uh, the corporate soul. Because you know, like the the Pope is a corporate soul. Okay. Uh so he himself is a corporation um and corporation. he's Yes and he's the only one that that basically would have like the last word on his corporation because he's himself right yeah. uh and we were discussing the possibility of the fact that probably each of us is also a corporate soul but the difference is that our corporation is is being controlled by Someone else, okay. and which means all the assets, all the gains, uh, all the "quote unquote" income, right, that is being taxed by the IRS, is being controlled by someone else, right? So, but but without getting too complicated into the issue of of the strawman, I mean, the strawman issue is a reality because none of us are. Any of the things that exist out there which represent us. And one thing could be very simple. Like if you join a 24-Hour Fitness member, right, become a member of that club, they're going to make you a member under some number, right? Absolutely. Correct. Well, you're not not the number. It just represents you, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so we have representations all over the place. And we have representations – within this body politic known as the United States. And the error in the application of their laws is that they take our participation in this club, and let's just call it that, the club of the United States, and they treat us like we're a member of that club 25 hours, 8 days a week.
4: And... uh um some of the means that they do this could be a birth certificate or social security card. That's a number, right?
3: Yeah, which could be your club membership, just like at 24 hours. Hey, where's your club ID, buddy? Or we're kicking you out of here.
4: Absolutely. Um, I guess we could count ourselves lucky that we didn't get barcoded yet.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's coming down the pike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there will be people participating in that halfway.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I was cur- I was curious, Bert. Like, what what initially got you started on your path and and ultimately becoming a free man and then doing what you do today?
3: Well, I mean, it probably started like 20 years ago, and it was in like most people, a lot of people go down this path uh, with the IRS or the Department of Revenue in their particular state, and. and and basically, I started learning all that stuff about the IRS. And then uh, I started learning about the Department of Revenue here in Colorado, where I am. And I'm actually still fighting, a, um, um, I'm trying to sue the Department of Revenue here in Colorado. And right now, my fight has been diverted because now I'm fighting the court clerk who's refusing to take my case because I don't want to pay her fee. Which I'm trying to demand that she proves that I have to pay it. So, so it's kind of more complicated. Well, yeah, don't
4: they? Uh, is, isn't there actually supposed to be a fee, but it's supposed to be a fair and just fee or something along well, those lines?
3: Yeah, and we can we, we'll, we can get into that you know in
4: a yeah, that might while. Be a
3: but, um, but there's tangents attached to all this stuff when you start speaking of it. But, <laughs> but anyway, the um, the Colorado uh, Department of Revenue was saying that I owed tax based on statute XYZ well I looked up statute XYZ and it refers to uh, income derived from oil or gas wells Mm. and it says that if you do not file a tax return uh, based on the fact that you have this oil and gas then the state of Colorado has the right to file that for you. So I called them up and I said, could you please let me know where my oil, gas, and gas well is at? Because I'm obviously missing some money here. I don't mind paying you if I'm making this other bunch of money from the gas and the oil. And, of course, they they pretend that I'm dumb. And then when I spoke with them recently, uh, I told the lady, I said, but you are claiming that this originates from this statute which deals solely with income coming from oil and gas. And she says, well, you know what it has to do with. It has to do with you not paying your income tax. I'm like, no, it has to do with what you say that it has to do with. (laughs) (laughs) And we went around and around and around. And, of course, it didn't get us anywhere because she didn't want to admit with the very statute that they're quoting – and what it means, and that, and and you know, I'm helping another guy in, in California, and he's trying to fight a, a traffic ticket just just to learn the process. And he says, "This is so frustrating because you know you go to these people and you and you're talking about you know a herd of cows that are running through the field, and they're like, oh no, they they're kangaroos sir. see how they hop around, see?" They, they're actually kangaroos. They're not cows. Yeah, they look like they, they got horns and all that, but they're really kangaroos. And you're like, what are you talking about, lady? Look, here. Here's the fact. Here's the other fact. No, they pretend like you are nuts. Right. So
4: I mean, They only know what they've been told about their job. They haven't bothered to really figure out their job.
3: Yeah, either that or they're being instructed to mislead you. Mm-hmm. And that's why... Um, what I'm doing now is, is basically I don't, you know, I don't argue and I don't even get into any kind of a confrontational issue. I just take the position that, okay, well, I'm going to assume that you are in fact correct. And because I'm assuming that you're correct, then it will be very easy for you to prove that you're correct. So please provide me with this, 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 and the other so that we can all stay honorable here. And then proceed that way.
4: Hmm. Well, um, you've uh, you've been uh, going at it with that particular one for for a little while, right? I think I've heard you on another uh, podcast, a Gnostic Media podcast, talking about having to get uh, a clerk to understand what she's supposed to be doing.
3: Yeah, I mean that's why you have when you go there, you have to know their job better than they do.
4: And you have to do your due diligence, and uh, if you don't, you can't expect anybody else to.
3: No, and that's, and that's where it gets, uh, you know, frustrating for, for people because they go to these public employees and they expect truthful help. Right. But there is no, no, no such thing, and you cannot even expect it. And, I mean, even the Supreme Court has uh, – I have to find the case – where they say that uh, it's basically you're liable for a lie – that is given to you by a public employee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which, I don't know what to handle that deal. No. Yeah, so they're very good at flipping things uh, around against you. I mean, right now I'm going through, a, you know, through paperwork—the one that I told you I was working on—and this attorney, which is a U.S. attorney, is making claims. In his paperwork that have absolutely nothing to do with the case, and there is in fact not a single let's see how long is this page here this is uh, five pages from this attorney, and there is isn't one single piece of evidence, or even reference to evidence in anything that he that he talks about, and he's if, but he effectively was able to convince the court to deny this guy's motions and deny him access to basically uh, challenge the validity of the U.S. attorney in open court so that the judge or the judges are shielding the prosecutor so that you will not have a chance to challenge their uh, make-believe authority. Good. And Man. it's just amazing.
4: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, let's talk about why a judge would shield a lawyer. I mean, I mean, they are all in the same business, right?
3: Well, and that's and that's the the point that we're making here in this particular federal case, and it's and that's that that this fellow we're calling the injured claimant, uh, he is being coerced into this um, court, which belongs to the United States, and he's being accused by the United States, and the tribunal is composed of officers of the United States, and it's being prosecuted by an officer of the United States. So, hmm, can you get some kind of justice here?
4: All right. So, uh, let's establish what the United States is, just so people can get a little grasp on that.
3: Yeah, well, most, and this is one thing that I, I think I, I spoke with you about this before. That when when you're addressing, a, especially a federal agent, you should always ask him, uh, you know, sir or ma'am, if I say the United States and then I reverse that and say the States United, does it mean the same thing? And it does not. No. You know, the States United is something different than the United States. That would, that would be an actual physical landmass. Yeah, or or you could simply be talking about the political bodies that existed as part of the Confederacy or, or the Confederation uh, that was created under the Articles of Confederation, which were independent body politics. Okay, Okay. independent states. Um, But now they all got together under the government for the United States, which is a a place existing in the District of Columbia, which is in fact foreign to the States United and whose jurisdiction cannot exceed uh, 10 miles square.
4: Right. And so the the District of Columbia, that would be Washington DC, I just you know, so people are fully understanding of that. And that would be the capital of our country that actually doesn't exist in our physical country.
3: Yeah, well and and you know that that's that's another thing. I mean it's supposed to be the the it's not really the the capital or of anything, it's just the 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 seat of government. That's what it is, that's what the Constitution calls it the seat of government. It's not the capital of anything. it's just the seat of government, and that seat of government literally can be a seat, can be a little chair <laughs> sitting somewhere that's all it
1: is it's It's where the the c e o of the United States resides
3: yeah and and you know the um I woke up one morning and this thing really helped me visualize this better because I was trying to explain it to someone. And now, when I think of the District of Columbia, I think of it as just a giant office building. And then it, and it says, United States Government Administration on it, a big old sign on it. And that's all it is.
4: I imagine that as a huge, sterile, intimidating building. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it's just a building. That's all it is. And it could be big, or it could be tiny, or it could right. just simply be a little file cabinet sitting somewhere. That's a un- that's a government.
4: Right, which is probably more likely the little violent cabinet. <laughs> so I'm assuming but holds all the dangers.
3: Yeah, so so I mean that's that's the the reality that it's very difficult for people to to see. I mean one um uh, one thing that people should look up it's called the uh, the three United States and it's a case that talks about the. Um, three different types of the United States, what it what it is. And uh, you can pull it up on on Google anywhere. Um, yeah, because
4: I'm a the, low tech right now. I am I'm, I'm only on an iPad so I don't have multitasking <laughs> capabilities. <laughs> I, I
1: can I can pull it up if you guys want me to pull it up, but yeah it's called the three United States. Uh huh. And you'll have all kinds of links that come up under that. Yeah let me take a look. Uh I have it here if I find it somewhere. Yeah, I should I should do something here guys. I've just been sitting quiet enjoying the two of you talk. <laughs> <laughs> it says uh the three United States deoxy. Is that the one?
3: Uh well I mean there's different uh websites that, that carry that
1: that information. I'm trying to see if I can
4: pull it up. Yeah. Anyway, it's a it's definitely a point for people to look into at the very
3: Yeah, least. I mean I always like to let people look it up themselves because <clears throat> I don't like giving people all the all the points. They gotta do some legwork. Like
4: yeah, absolutely. I mean you just learn it better when you do your own work anyway.
3: <laughs> yeah, and that's the um um the most important part about this is that people really need to learn on their own. And that's why you know, these people that I'm helping, when they actually go through the system and they go to court and they talk to people, some of them have wonderful experiences because some of these clerks are actually very helpful. Uh, but some people see the reality of how horrible the, the system is as far as uh, being full of lies and, and misleading and no one wants to answer your questions. And some people actually tell you, well, go do your own research. Which is what one guy did and he was just asking the lady for the statute that she was basing her conclusions on. Oh, yeah. He's like, That's her job. That's what she has to disclose. Oh, sorry, my uh,
4: my dog's moving around now, I'm too... yeah. it's into the background.
1: I'll yeah, take she... the
3: ball and chain off of him. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was
3: I, I was gonna say
1: I've noticed in personal experience, like what what really got me started on this journey was uh, I actually, um, you know, I I was drinking and driving. I ended up getting a cop pulled me over. He didn't really have just cause, but I was drunk and uh, I ended up getting a DUI and I went through, went through everything. And then at the end, it's like I still have to pay $475 to get the license back. And then Mm -hmm. it started making me think, you know, well, well, why should I pay to get that back? And then I started hearing you. And then um, I also worked at a nightclub and it was actually uh, it was actually busted for underage drinking. And one of the bartenders went to go just pay her fine. And they threatened to throw her in jail because she didn't have an attorney. And it's just like to me, it's just like it just seems like it's just it's just a racket. It's just they you know, you do. You know, you get these tickets and if you try to represent yourself, um, which you can't do because you can't represent yourself, but it's, you're automatically, they're automatically going to just try to take you for everything. And that's, that's like been the tricky thing. So for me, it's like, it's well, going to make profit somehow, right? Yeah. And it's, and then like, when I listen to you talk about like the quarter record and everything on Gnostic Media, it was just like. It was just it was very liberating because it was like whoa I can I can I could I can actually defend myself. Like I don't need to pay somebody else a thousand dollars just to have court delayed seven months and then finally you know what I mean? Finally mm-hmm. handled, but even then I still don't have my license. So Yeah.
3: Well and you know, I mean what's what's a license? I mean what's what's the definition of a license? Ooh,
4: it's, ooh, I know, I know go ahead (laughs) it's a
3: contract well yeah it's a contract but what does it mean what does having a license mean Um, as opposed to not having a license
1: it means that the that I'm consenting to their jurisdiction
3: well yeah what it what it means in its in its in its bare bones is a license to do something that without it would be unlawful okay so then you have to ask yourself is it unlawful for me to travel from point A to point B? No. So do I need a license to do that? No. No. Do I need a license to walk from point A to point B? Do I need a license to do you know most of the things that we do in our everyday living? No,
1: no. We, we don't.
3: No, but we can be licensed for it. I mean, you could get a license to go grocery shopping.
1: (laughs) I was actually just thinking that, and then you said it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And they can give you a ticket for going too fast around the corners inside of the grocery store.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They do tear around in there, too.
3: Yeah, they can give you a ticket for overloading your grocery cart.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, mean, they'll put these ideas out there, but they don't want someone to go over
3: that. Well, but it's. But that's how licenses work, you know, and then people say, well, well, yeah, that doctor could end up, you know, cutting somebody's heart out and, you know, putting it in the liver and move the liver up to where the heart goes. So therefore, he should be licensed so he could operate properly. Yes. Well, you know, that's one way to convince the population that licenses are needed, you know. Well, you know, people are going down the road with a five thousand pound vehicle there. They should have a license to operate that. That vehicle. So, all right. So people, you know, get a license. Then, you know, people should be licensed to smoke cigarettes, right? Because they're causing disease and they're doing all these things. So maybe that will be the next license that will be issued. Polluting the air.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, so a license. There's a flatulence just, tax in New Zealand. What's that?
4: There's a flatulence tax in New Zealand for cattle and stuff. For oh. Those- yeah, so wow, there is wow. a little bit of a precedence for that sort of idea.
1: It's, it's yeah. because their uh, their farts destroy the ozone layer.
3: Right.
1: Oh, so
3: interesting! That. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you guys better quit eating beans.
1: <laughs>
3: they might put a bell around your neck too.
2: <laughs>
3: you know, but but yeah, I mean, if if we understood what a license really is, then people wouldn't wouldn't get one because if you get a license that means that you're giving someone authority to regulate that particular activity and that's all what a license is is you're agreeing to follow a set of books a set of regulations and you're giving someone the authority to regulate you and punish you if you do not follow those regulations so it's so it's all voluntary
4: And uh, since we're talking about voluntary, uh, I was, uh, you know, consent is the huge part of this because they wouldn't be able to operate like this without our consent.
3: Exactly. And um, and that's why what I tell people is like, okay, you could have a, a driver's license. And, you know, if I have a driver's license and I'm going down the road and and, you know, emergency lights come behind me and this cop comes over and starts asking me for driver's license, registration, proof of insurance. I mean, what's gonna be my first question to him? Um, what law did I violate? No, how about what's the emergency? Oh,
4: uh, yes, because he used emergency lights.
2: Right. Well, you
3: know. So he, then he
4: in fact created their emergency.
3: Yeah, well, or he violated he, the the rules about using emergency lights. And the answer from every cop when you ask him that, he says, "Well, I was trying to make contact." You. I say, oh, so making a contact, it's an emergency, okay? But anyway, you wouldn't want, of course. I always tell people, don't argue with cops on the on the side of the road because you know that may be your last argument.
1: Yeah, they have yeah, guns. Yeah. Don't yeah. poke the bear.
3: Yeah, no, don't do that because he could swipe you and <laughs> <laughs> knock your head off. So, so it's, it's best just to do what they want to do. But the one thing that that you can do if you want to make some kind of a of a stance is to take your driver's license, registration, proof of insurance and put it in the middle of the dash of the vehicle and uh, keep your hands, of course, on the steering wheel. And when he asks you for all that, you say, well, I don't understand your question. And in fact, I choose to remain silent, which is a right. But if you feel you have the right to trespass without a warrant and search this this car or my personal property, I believe what you're looking for is sitting there on the middle of the dash, but I will not give it to you. You'll have to trespass to get it. So you trying kind to of set them up like you, they set you up. Yeah. And now if he trespasses, well, now you can sue him for trespassing it is your and ser- searching your car without a warrant. Hmm. But you're not yeah. refusing anything.
4: And uh, consent can also uh, go pretty deep, too. And I, I, I want people to get the idea, too, that being quiet about things, silence, is also consent.
3: And, well, and that's how they operate, because they operate on and your fear so people keep quiet because they're afraid that if they speak up they're going to be prosecuted and that's when when people in fact carry that kind of fear that is a huge uh signal that we're living in tyranny
4: yeah i mean i tense up whenever i see it black and white i don't yeah. <laughs> regardless if, if i'm doing anything wrong or not
3: yeah, yep. so so what I'm telling people now is, is I mean, you've heard that ex- expression that you know, oh, Americans love to sue, right? Right. But they are they're, they're suing the wrong people. Americans need to sue the right people. Uh, what I'm what I keep saying, as far as myself, is I I, I want to get good at at scamming the scammers.
1: <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs>
3: I mean, so that whenever you see a, a flashing lights behind your vehicle, you're like, man, I hope that's not an ambulance. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right? Bring it, he
3: Yeah. So you say, oh, it's another officer. Another case I get to enter into the proper court. Hi there, sir. I need your name and badge number because I am going to be entering a lawsuit against you. I'm sorry it had to be you today, but
4: i'm sorry you chose to pull me over so really,
3: yeah.
1: it's on you
3: you yeah. chose to falsify an emergency and therefore you're gonna have to explain that in front of a jury of my peers
1: so, so I've, I've heard you say before um when if they do like if you do sign it you know sign under duress like write under duress um then then you go to their statute court And then what's what's like the proper protocol to get it transferred to the court of record, which um, actually we haven't even talked about the court of record yet on the podcast. No, So so we should probably start there. (laughs) Well,
3: um, I mean, I don't really tell people to 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 sign under under duress because it uh, it's really impossible for you to sign under duress. Uh, because if someone, someone would have to like grab your hand, uh, you know, or put a, a gun to your head and tell you, I'm going to pull the trigger if you don't sign. Um, and I don't know, I, I personally would, would never sign anything that I don't want to sign because your signature is, uh, a symbol of agreement. You cannot be forced to agree into anything. I mean, no one can force you to agree to anything.
4: Um, just that's a, what sorry, I, was, I was just struck by a thought. Would a uh, would a ticket be a one person contract, though, where the officer doesn't sign it or do they sign it? I haven't gotten a ticket in a really long time.
3: Yeah, they usually put their little scribble on there. Oh, OK, OK. I just sorry. I forgot about that. It's
4: been a long, long time since I got any sort of a ticket. I don't. Try oh, one.
3: well, you better go get one.
4: <laughs> well, I, I want to do my uh, I want do my due diligence and learning before I put my foot in the water. But I will. <laughs> but,
3: but but yeah. Um, and then if you if you sign it, then you're agreeing with the cop that he in fact has a legitimate uh, accusation against you. Okay. Because sure. just because you have a driver's license. It doesn't mean that you're exercising it every day. Right? No different than if you were a doctor and you have a, a license and your kid cut cuts its finger and you put a band aid on it. I mean were you exercising your license as a doctor when you put a band aid on your kid?
4: You know of course it's a really not. Expensive, really expensive
3: band aid. Yeah, that's right. Hey kid, you owe me three hundred bucks. but sad don't know if ands or buts (laughs) yeah so you know you can see the ridiculousness of of this whole thing when you're looking at it from that point of view but but yeah so like most people's first experience with the so-called legal system is through traffic court and for a lot of other misfortunate people is through family court uh, involving their their children. and um, But either way, either a traffic court or a family court, they're just basically administrative courts where everything that happens in there happens with your uh, coerced uh, participation, with your coerced consent. Um, Now, I, for one, I mean, I went to try to renew my driver's license and um, I asked the lady and said well you know i i am not necessarily looking for a driver's license because i don't like need your your permission to move from point A to point b, but I would like to have something that I can show your security guards that um that you know i'm I'm quite capable and able of uh, handling my my car and that uh just something that I can show them to leave me alone basically if they if they try to interact with me, and she's like, "Well, but, but, you know, you you, you still need this, you still need that, and, and 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 we need proof of your residency, so we need a, um, uh, you know, a bill, a water bill, electric bill, or something like that." And I'm like, "Well, see, I can't do that either because I'm not a resident of your body politic. So if I provide you with that, or if I claim that, I will be committing perjury, and that's against your regulations. That's against." Colorado law and against United States law. So I cannot commit perjury. So therefore, I cannot claim that I am arrested. And if I'm not a resident of your body politic, then you will not give me a driver's license. Correct. And she says, that's correct. I said, well, so what are my venues? And as we're discussing this, you know, two armed guards pull up behind me, like two steps behind me, and they're just standing there, like waiting for the cue from
1: the clerk for them to pounce on me. Like how dare you ask questions.
3: Exactly, and uh, and then I asked last. I said, oh, so this is your response to my questions? It's to bring in your guns? So I'm like, okay, very well, I guess this conversation's over. So I turn around and leave, and the two goons followed me all the way out of the DMV. Hmm. I, guess I wanted to make sure I didn't come back, and I haven't been back since then. That was a couple of years ago. I mean, you were threatened. Yeah. And, you know, I made that point perfectly clear to an FBI agent and a a representative from the sheriff. I said, well, you know, I tried to get one of your driver's licenses, but your agent there wanted me to commit perjury, which I wasn't willing to make. So therefore, I don't have a driver's license. So I want you, your sheriff and everybody around to to know that that I, in fact, don't have one. But that is not going to stop me from. Exercising my right to move from point A to point B via any kind of conveyance that I choose. So long as I'm not hurting anyone. Right.
1: And, you know, that's why you uh, travel in your car and not drive your vehicle.
3: Yeah. Or you make use of the highway, which is any place that's public that is used for. For you to move yourself or to move your private wares yeah, well,
4: well, yourself is definitely uh, something that needs to get places
3: yeah, that's <laughs> an important piece of <laughs> whatever <laughs> you want to call it to move around,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and they try to make it look like it's a crime unless you're following all of their all of their points um but we also must uh keep it clear in our minds that most, like most of the people around us, okay, don't know much of anything about how the system works. And we cannot expect the people that are working either as policemen or as court clerks or whatever to know much more than we do. So, yeah, so we have to have either pity on them or just be, you know, very cautious, very careful in our in our dealings
4: just a little bit of empathy you know understand that uh, if you're aware of this stuff that you were once not you were where they were at one point you know before you start going in guns blazing against somebody who doesn't even know what's going on because if that happens the automatic reaction is going to be defense
3: yes exactly and and you know the way i'm seeing the uh, the act of suing this people is it's not uh, an act of retaliation is not an act of trying to get wealthy or anything like that, but it's just simply a path of education.
4: Patient teaching.
3: Yeah, for them and you. Right. Because I guarantee you, after you saw a couple of cops, the other cops are going to be, mm, maybe we shouldn't mess with that guy. Yeah, that would Especially make sense. if you win. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I think that it would be a great point to end on. We're about uh, forty-five minutes unless you add anything else, Drew.
1: No, I'm uh I'm actually uh I'm actually pretty good. I've enjoyed uh hearing you uh break things down, Bert. It's always a pleasure to to hear what you have to say. I always enjoy it. It's uh it's very educational for me and uh I just want to add people if you if you like what Bird is saying, you can go to uh you can go to his blog, and on his blog, there's actually links for uh, a couple books that he's written that are on that you can get on the Kindle, and they're very affordable. Um, what's the blog is uh, it's it's free? Only free men. Only free men. Yes, and uh, the books are uh, I think it's gun if arms aren't firearms, and uh, what's the marijuana is not cannabis, cannabis, cannabis sativa. sativa, yeah.
3: Yeah, cannabis sativa L is not illegal. No, it's a plant. But wait, wait, wait! Aren't a bunch of
4: people in jail for
3: that? Yeah. Mm. And for growing other plants yeah. that are creations of God, how can you, how can you be sent to jail for growing something that is created by a higher power? Well, and the truth now. is that it's not. You know, none of those things are. Are true, but if we don't understand, and if we have an attorney telling us, "Oh, well, they're right, you know, they're right," so you know, you better plea or do this or do that, or you know, they're gonna throw you in slammer for the rest of your life.
4: Which is a place nobody wants to be.
3: Yeah, then we end up, you know, in playing playing their tune, whatever it is that they that they decide to play for us.
4: (laughs) Absolutely. Well. Thank you so much, Bert. I know uh, you're a busy guy, and uh, this is your uh, your crash time. <laughs> Sorry to kept you so long. It was it was amazing, and we appreciate it. And please, everybody, visit his blog site. Check out his
1: books; they're great. Well, you know, thank you, guys. Oh yeah, th- thank you. And I was also gonna say, check out your YouTube page. And oh, I think man. it's uh, it's Do Not Consent. What's the number? Eight three. Eight three. Yes, Do Not Consent eight three. Uh, lots of good information on there as well. Um, also, if you even just Google search Freeman Burt, you can find him on some other podcasts, especially Gnostic Media podcast. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, Bert. We really appreciate it.
3: All right, I'm looking forward to the next one then. <laughs> absolutely
4: can't wait for it because we absolutely need to follow up.
3: <laughs> All righty, guys. Take care and uh, enjoy your times. Thank you, sir. Take care of it.